Welcome to the Drag Me to the Movies podcast. I'm Ned. And I'm Joe. In this episode, we're going to be discussing Gettysburg, which came out in 1993. It was directed by Ron Maxwell and stars a lot of people, but top cast was Tom Berenger, Martin Sheen, uh, Stephen Lang was in this. And so many more. I mean, honestly, for me, I don't know about you and your thoughts on this, but Jeff Daniels carried this movie for me. Oh, so. my God. Yes. Yeah. I, it kind of makes me sad he's not in the top casting on IMDb because yeah, I, I know how they do that. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird how they go about doing that. But yeah, so especially especially since it focused around him most completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Him and his uh, group. Definitely saw a lot of shit. So, Joe, they sure did. What did you think? So, yeah, I uh, I really like this film. I I I watched it a long time ago, a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really care to watch it, kind of thing. It was it was like a uh, hey, watch this for, to learn history, and I was like, eh, you know, yeah. I'm not yeah. really gonna pay attention. Um, but in my uh, adult life. Um, my uh, one uncle is very much uh, into Civil War history. And so I've been to Gettysburg. Um, I just went to um, Antietam uh, recently, um, which I think we talked about in one of the last podcasts. And that kind of spurred the let's let's watch Gettysburg and, you know, kind of just see what we think of it. Now, this this film is a slobber knocker as far as uh, runtime. It's what, four, four hours and 21 minutes. Yeah, I think four hour and f- four hours and fourteen, I think, was what was on it. But there's also a director's cut that's much, much longer. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now I did. I did watch this in two settings. I watched uh, like two hours, and then I, I the next day watched the other two. Yeah, I kind of had to do the same thing, but it might have been yeah. more sessions than that. Yeah. Now it, it had nothing to do with like the movie being dry or anything like right. that. It was just, it's a, it's a time commitment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Especially with like, you know, regular life stuff going on. Right. So yeah, as we kind of spoke, um, they, they really focus around, uh, Colonel Chamberlain quite a bit in this film, which, uh, I've, I'm very happy that they did. Cause I believe mm-hmm. that he, you know, when I, when I went to Gettysburg to, um, to, to see the sites and everything, they, they, they talk a lot about Chamberlain there. So it was it was good that they they focused on him um, a lot because his his brigade uh, took a pounding. But oh, yeah, they persevered like crazy. And uh, it was to no. No uh, shortage of Chamberlain's ability to a command and b to uh excite and influence his uh his troops and i one of the things i caught out first from watching this was his ability to deliver speeches is phenomenal whether whether it's actually just jeff daniels uh ability to to just act but i believe a lot of this too was uh historically accurate um or at least historically inspired at least the words that were said Right. Uh, so, but damn, like, uh, you know, they start out with, uh, I think it was the Vermont. Was it Vermont or Maine? There was uh, some mutineers um, 
I'm trying to remember how it I went. I think it was Vermont. I think it was oh. Vermont. They they basically had, had signed up for two years. Uh, well, they signed up for three years enlistment, but they thought they signed up for two, and they were they were just tired of seeing the war. And they there was like a hundred of them that decided they were uh, not going to. Or no, I'm sorry, it was ten of them. I don't know where I got the hundred. There was ten of them that uh, wanted to quit, and Chamberlain was basically instructed get them back into the war, or, war, or you have permission to shoot them. But he treats them like people, and you know gets them to kind of rethink a little bit because you could tell that they were just being led as if they were um, weapons and he actually right. put some humanity behind it. And uh, that that's a reoccurring theme through the film with uh, with Colonel Chamberlain. He's very much uh, understanding that these are people and that, you know, people are going to die. And he he takes all that into consideration when he makes decisions and so yeah, Cham- overall, Chamberlain's a very good uh, character, both historically and in this film. Right? Uh, would you you agree? Oh yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yep. Now I, I think the the next um, uh, person I would say did a really good job in this was Martin Sheen. He uh, he did a really good job playing Robert E. Lee. Right. Uh, you know it. That was another guy. Like you, you hate to. You hate to to say uh, the Confederacy had any uh, I wouldn't say merit, but any 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 uh, how do I want to say his redeeming qualities. Uh, mm-hmm. But historically, if you read about Robert E. Lee, uh, he he was a very good strategist. Uh, he was um, very again human and inspiring to people. Uh, you know, you even see at the end of the film where Robert E. Lee basically goes out and he says, I'm sorry, this was my fault. Everybody died. And and the South was basically saying, we'll go take it now. Just lead us and we'll 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 go fight up that hill after they just got decimated. Right. So, again, historically accurate. I think Martin Sheen did a really good job at personifying him in a modern age. Uh, it was very, very good to see. I would agree. Uh I also think that uh, I believe it was I'm trying, I'm trying to remember now the names. I th- was it was it Armistead or Pickett? I think it was Armistead was the one that General Lee had told to uh, shoot the cannons and then uh, keep shelling them while we march out. He's got the big beard. Am I am I do you remember his name? Which one he was? Uh, are you talking about there, um, Tom? Barrett's there was a lot of people. Longstreet. Longstreet, that was it. Thank you. Yeah, I was having trouble remembering which was which. Longstreet mm-hmm. also did a phenomenal job in this film okay. um, as well. He he did a good job at personifying a uh, a hardened uh, military man that had seen some shit and also knew what he was talking about. And you know, there was many times where he was doubting Robert E. Lee and and was in fact correct. So it was it was cool to see that from both sides, really, how organized the South was mm-hmm. and in some fashions, how disorganized the North was. But really, it, it I think the, the great thing about this film is just showing how wars were fought at that time. Right. Overall, just yeah. the disorganization, because there was no there was no like wireless communication. 
It was all by horseback. It was right. uh, this is what we're going to do. Does everybody understand? Yes. And then you had to hope that they understood. Yeah, there were uh, issues with supply chain. Uh, there were issues with just tactics and overall. There was uh, there was problems around hearsay, you know, like, hey, we, we believe that the army is this direction, but they actually weren't. And there, there's just a lot of interesting stuff that that came into play in the Civil War. And they do a good job <clears throat> kind of uh, showing all of that. And again, this is this is all based on history. So a lot of the stuff that they showed here, if not all of it happened, uh, perhaps it was embellished a little bit, but just just overall, I was very happy to see how this how this went as far as the recreation side of it goes. Mm -hmm. I always I find it funny in a way, but interesting in how the battles are fought through marching orders. Um, and, and that's probably not the best way to describe it, but you got to remember, if you haven't seen this, or you're not familiar with Civil War is that this is all done with like muskets and uh, not all of them had cartridges. Some of them had, uh, you know, the pack and ball. Mm -hmm. So accuracy was not a thing um, at a distance, <clears throat> excuse me, other than through like cannons. But even then, cannons are only up so so accurate. Yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, um, I know they had revolvers around this time. I think they had repeaters, but I don't think they had a supply of them that they could have used. Correct. Them. That's correct. Yeah, because there's <clears throat> there was a when I think I told you I was at Antietam mm -hmm. and uh, one of the things they talked about there was there was a general who uh, ordered the Irish Brigade. It was basically Philadelphia's Irish uh, population mm -hmm. and they they did not have repeaters. They had uh, musket ball and muskets. Right. And they were told to attack somebody that was far distanced away and they got slaughtered until they got close enough and then they wreaked havoc because the muskets are a lot more uh, devastating at close range, closer right. range, I should say, compared to what the repeaters are capable of. And so it's yeah, it's interesting to know that when when you see these fights going on, it's it's literally trying to a organize people to shoot in um, in waves so mm -hmm. that you have a constant barrage of fire because. I, I don't know the actual amount of time, but it's probably at your fastest, a 10 second reload, I right. would imagine. So, you know, a lot of the times it wasn't like, how do we disrupt the line of of, you know, rifles that are pointed at us? It was more of how do we get up there quick enough and minimize the loss so that we can overwhelm them with our uh, with our with our uh, knives and, and, and swords bayonets, and yeah. bayonets. Right. So I, I always find it it's it's almost silly to me to watch, but it's just it's it's mind boggling how people were like had the courage to just walk up a hill while there were a barrage of musket balls and cartridges flying at your head or at your body or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, too, because these weapons weren't they weren't like you're shot once and you're dead kind of weapons. A lot of the people that died in the civil war died from disease and from the medical treatment that happened, uh, post, you know, well, actually like what I was reading the most deaths I think was from like diarrhea, which this movie does touch upon a little bit. It does. That's right. That's right. 
I, I meant more from the battle perspective, but you're right. The right, Civil War yeah. overall, there was, yeah, yeah, just just because there was not like two thirds. It was a modern healthcare. Of the deaths were all like disease related. Right, right, yeah. Like they they talk about how like uh, they ran out of room in the field hospital and they were taking people's arms off and legs off uh, out in the open, and they said, mm-hmm. well, you know, people should have had privacy there. Yeah. So it it just it just blows my mind and i know that was a tangent and partially about the movie and more about history but well honestly i thought it was kind of interesting like as the rule of like people dying from diarrhea like they actually established like a rule between both sides is like no shooting a man who's taking a shit like right that is kind of insane like this is honestly one of the bloodiest battles of the civil war and just to hear how many people died all together um it's insane like i think what fifty two thousand were dead wounded or missing in action from this uh fifty one thousand. yeah it's insane yeah it was it was the most costly battle uh in u.s history yeah yeah it's it's nuts yeah it <laughs> there, there's so many crazy crazy stories that happen out of out of the civil war and Gettysburg is definitely one of the, one of the craziest. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it, to me, like you, you talk about costs. So not only like, you know, the lives of men and all the other stuff that goes into it, but the like national debt, like was around 65 million in 1860. And it yeah. jumped to 2.7 billion in 1865. So within five mm-hmm. years, this war costs us so much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, you know, on top of that too, I, I don't recall in school learning this and I'm glad Mm -hmm. that they touch on it in this film, but they don't really talk too much about the politics beyond the side of the South wanting to keep, uh, their, their slavery and their, and their culture intact. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's pretty much all that, that we ever talked about in school, but you know, there was a lot of politics going on outside of the U.S. even, you know, oh, they, yeah. and they show here with the British uh, consult that was there to basically observe and then take something, some of this information back to the Queen to see if the South could get the Queen's uh, backing for troops. Yeah. And yep. and so it's it's wild to think like, you know, we're on the on the side of history in which the North won. But there were so many things happening where it, it very easily could have went the other way. Um, it was not a one-sided fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Uh, I, so some things about the film. I found it interesting how uh, almost everyone in leadership uh, commented on how is the ground? <laughs> how is the ground here? It's good ground. But it's yeah. bad ground, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I get why they did it, but it's just. It was it was interesting to me that like almost every one of them commented on, oh, this looks like good ground or this is bad ground or, yeah. Um, so yeah, so not nothing big on that. It's just just a note I took. Well, uh, I think for me, one of the things that stands out the most is Sam Elliott's character, uh, Buford, where like he's yes. like, you gotta get that high ground. Like it, it's very important in war to have that and. I think the South, you know, they had an opportunity to get it. Um, but ultimately the North got it and held it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny because you think of high ground in modern time, high ground's important because of the range and the uh, 
the view you have, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In that time, it was that, but it was also walking that up those hill. men had to walk up a hill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, and that's crazy too to think like <clears throat> like have you been to Gettysburg? I have. Okay. So when like I was very little. little. I was probably okay. I think seven. Like I can get back into my history on Gettysburg, but um, yeah, I was. It was a long time ago, and then I think I was there one other time in adulthood. And then another time just to buy fireworks because, you know, that's where you can get them. Right. Yeah, that's fair. But like Little Round Top, which is where uh, Chamberlain's group mm-hmm. is set to hold the left flank. Was it the yeah. left flank? Yeah. If you've ever been there, it's it's like a 45 degree hill. So it's 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 not <laughs> something easily the the South could have just, you know, charged up. But the fact that they had that many people to throw at it. Uh, right. It was a close call. It was really, really a lot of the battles there are just a battle of attrition. Like who can who can outlast the other? Yep. It just blows my mind. I mean, really. And and also like our listeners, if you have a chance to go to a national park uh, around a battlefield, I highly suggest it because it really helps put a lot of this stuff in perspective as well. Like <clears throat> they don't really talk about it in the film, but like if you go to Gettysburg itself, uh, one of the one of the marching lines that were happening, I fr- and I I can't remember the name of it, but there was like a wheat or a, it wasn't a wheat field, but it was a field, mm-hmm. and it was a rolling field, and so as the uh, South marched on it, they were in view and they were gone because they were in the like the the ravine, and then they were in view again and they were in the ravine. So there were only like certain opportunities to fire upon them. Uh, so it's it's just it's it's really cool to see it in in person and, and put some perspective on it. And I'm I'm geeking out a little bit on the history side of things, but oh yeah, um, I think it's important. History history in general is important. You know, it's it's my belief that you know it's you you should learn the history of life so that we learn from the mistakes and from the the uh, successes, right? And right. Um, there were a lot out of the Civil War. Uh, the, to today, I mean, I think that we're still are still trivialized, trivialized, which I don't believe they should be. But yeah, you know, here we are. So uh, did you know this was actually shot at Gettysburg? I did. OK. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, it was. And I think they call it out in the credits. If I remember right, they thank the Gettysburg National Park. Yeah. For allowing them to shoot on site. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if everything. Was shot at the actual spots. I'm sure they probably did for the most part, but like, I don't know how much if they used everything. I mean, some of it might be set pieces. Yeah, I but... mean, I don't know for sure myself, but a lot of it looks like it was shot there, mm-hmm. uh, which is, right. I think, honestly, pretty awesome. And like the fact that, you know, they do a lot of uh, Civil War reenactments, so they were able to get a lot of the extras that do that type of thing that brought their own uniforms and stuff that they have. So it really right. brought in like this authenticity to it that, uh, you know, it really represents that war, and especially for, you know, something that is PG rated. Like, yeah, it doesn't have all the blood and gore. And, you know, this is one of the bloodiest battles. There's some blood, but you know, it was enough that it's still a PG movie. And also, right. you know, Firing cannons and stuff, it's not as detailed there because, you know, they're trying to probably respect the respect property and not damage the ground. So they had to be respectful to that as well. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I that's one thing I was going to touch on is that I think I think what I would have liked to seen was a little bit more of the brutality of war. Uh, there was there was definitely a lot of like scenes where it was a sharpshooter leaned against a tree and then it zooms to a, a high ranking officer and then they just fall over. Right. Um, you know, I, I would like, I think. To see a little bit more of that, of that actual like what is happening to people on the battlefield. To your point, they do show some like, you know, people holding like wounds on their chest and, you know, blood soaked uh, clothing and stuff. But um, I think from a from a not necessarily from an entertainment side, but even just from a history side of things, it would have been a little bit better, I think, to show some of the the gruesomeness of of the war. But I don't think it retracted from the film. I don't think it I don't think it hurt it and hurt. Yeah, hurt it. I don't think it hurt it at all. So that is just something I think I would have liked to seen. Same. Uh, what else do I have um, to your point? Uh, the the recreation, the army sizes, the locations, the audio, I think all of that, they did a really fantastic job. Yeah, uh, it really, really pulls you into a lot of what's going on there. Yeah, I I think I told you before the podcast is I don't have a whole lot of notes on this, but I have a whole lot to say. <laughs> and uh, and I, I've touched on all of my notes uh, as far as it goes. But um, yeah, is there is there anything you want to touch on specifically? Otherwise, uh, I mean, yeah, I have a lot from this. Um, okay. N- number one, the history of this. So I had in fourth grade a teacher that was very big on Gettysburg. And, you know, this movie came out around the time I was in fourth grade. So he was like super stoked that he got permission to show it in class. And um, after we got to watch the movie, we ended up doing a field trip to Gettysburg. And that's where I had been to Gettysburg and, you know, I may have tried to buy a sword because I had enough money, but the school didn't let me do that. So that was a whole other ordeal. Those bastards. I know. Right. But he like was absolutely obsessed with this. And there's like, before I went back and, you know, did this rewatch and this is not one I revisit very often. I would say maybe once every 10 years or so if I think of it. Um, but I remember, you know, the bayonets scene probably the most. Uh, another thing my teacher was really hyped about was the Pickett's charge. Um, and mm. he always talked about that. And that's represented in this movie. Um, and then honestly, like just all of the stuff that they had in here with, you know, general Lee, um, and I think they did a very good job of representing both sides. Like they had that one dialogue that was occurring between uh, Thomas Chamberlain and some of the captives that they had and how they were like talking about like, we're, just, we're doing this for our rats. And he's like, oh, well, you know, you, you're still kind of in the wrong. You got kind of both point of views of why they're doing this fighting. Uh, so I right. thought they did a pretty good job of that. And, you know, they kind of end the conversation with, I'll see you in hell. Same to you. <laughs> right. So I respected how they handled that. And it wasn't necessarily handled like someone's opinion of the war because it could have mm-hmm. easily gone that direction. And I, I've definitely like, I kind of scanned around to see if uh, there was other people who had, you know, reviewed this movie and what their thoughts and i know i stumbled across one person who was actually i guess a reenactment person who did a youtube video and talked about it and he's 
talking about how Gaysburg is one of the worst movies he's ever seen. And, you know, obviously he he's hung up on a few things. Uh, one, the fact that like it's the bloodiest war and there's no blood. I was like, well, mm-hmm. obviously a PG movie, you can't do that much blood. Um, the other right. thing he was really concerned with is the the score they use. It has this one song, which, you know, the first time you hear it in the movie, that's great. And then you just keep hearing it throughout the movie. And he felt that there was also times where they use it and it's just not fitting the scene very well, which I get that. Uh, For the most part, it was just background noise for me. Yeah, I I did notice. I I think I know what he's talking about. There's been there were spots where like, I think even it's the last charge uh, from the south going to uh, Big Round Top. Mm-hmm. And it's like this real lively music, uh, but they're getting massacred at the time. So it it just felt kind of out of place. Right. Um, so I, I, I get that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all that stuff I thought was like his biggest hang ups on it. But I, I didn't feel like they were all fair necessarily, especially for this movie and how it got made and like how they were trying to be respectful to the ground they're working on, which is historical ground. Uh, and they can't get away with like blowing grounds away and paving way for something else. Right. So, there's that. And then I think like, I really appreciated how, you know, a lot of movies when they kind of do based off real life type things, they'll wait till the very end to kind of show you like, here's the actor and the real life character. This movie kind of starts with that up front. I thought that was kind of cool to like see the original and then who's portraying them. I yeah, respected yep. that. Um, yeah, that honestly, honestly that helps too because there are so many names mm-hmm. to keep up with. So uh, the fact that they introduced them, I didn't remember half of them w- from the introduction part of it, but it it kind of like planted a seed in my mind to re- to kind of recall them. Yeah, uh, as they came up. Uh, so yeah, I did appreciate that. That was that was right up front. Yeah, and then I, I guess ultimately, like the office like the beards the uniforms like the speeches like you know all that shit actually happened right so to kind of be able to hear some of those things and like i know um it wasn't necessarily in the movie but eventually like after war and stuff kind of finally comes to an end lincoln gives the gaysburg address here um so it's one of the key battles that i think kind of turns the war now granted it's interesting because the war was technically over i if i recall but there was still battles being fought so like it took a while for word to get out that oh hey you know war's over they signed we're done <laughs> right it was two years yeah that's two years that's it had gone on but uh I, I really thought that they did a very good job of you know pulling stuff in for historical accuracy uh the reenactment soldiers they used uh, the dialogue, the interactions, the cannon shots, you know, the representation of the dude getting pretty much shot in the face. And obviously I can't show that in its entirety. Like as a kid watching this movie, in my head, I saw like, oh, dude, that just that guy lost his head. Um, right. But no, he, he they didn't show it. They cut to the horse running away. But in my head, I had kind of played it out uh, as I thought it would have played out. So. There's stuff like that that I thought you know, they did a very good job on. And honestly, it's just, it's a movie I definitely enjoy. And like, there are a few movies which I wanted to kind of segue into this if you're ready. But I had, uh, 
wanted to do a little bit of a conversation around some of the, you know, war movies you've seen and some of your favorites and some that you may not have seen. Mm hmm. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fine. Yeah. So um, what are some that stand out to you? Uh, so let me let me make sure I'm telling you the right names. OK, so Enemy at the Gates. That's one of okay. my favorites. That is a good one. Um, it's not a movie, but Band of Brothers is a uh, a good one that I enjoy as well. Uh, we we reviewed this, but 1917. Uh, yep. It's a big. I'm a fan of that one. Um, there's some other ones. I'm just trying to remember which their names. I guess like for me with Gettysburg, you know, this takes place after uh, the Revolutionary War and stuff, which you know there was different fighting styles going on there where you know america depending on who led the battalion or whatever was very much influenced by the british war tactics and you know getting in a large group and marching at people and firing at those um which isn't always the best tactic and you saw it in the movie the patriot where you know the people who weren't using that tactic ended up fighting better because they were able to not get hit just standing in a line. Right. Um, this civil war, I don't think there was too many wars between revolutionary and civil, um, but you can see the influence that's still there from the marching in lines. And, you know, they did have like the double time type stuff where they would pick up the pace, and uh, but they still kind of tried to hold together and get across the fields and things. Right. And then obviously, I really, I love that bayonet scene. I don't know. The way they represented that and how they were talking about like, oh, we're short on ammunition and like we have the high ground and, you know, they're going to be coming up at us. You mean how like how they swung like a gate down at them? Like the charge? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really respected that whole scene and how it played out. Um, So one other one other film that comes to mind, I don't know if it's I mean, it's it's war history, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to fit what you're talking about. It's Schindler's List. Mm hmm. I think that's that's probably one of my like favorites. And it, it's it sounds weird for me to say that, but I think they do such a good job. It is a very good movie and how horrendous everything was. Yeah. Things, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, but I so know about, for me, what about you? I, was, I was trying to find like there's definitely uh, a mix of movies I have seen. Uh, some that are, you know, Civil War inspired, like Gods and Generals is kind of the sequel to this in a way. Or mm-hmm. maybe a prequel. I can't remember. I have actually. It's been a very long time since I watched it's, it. It's a prequel. It yeah. it actually covers Antietam. Yeah. So yeah, yep, it's a prequel. So we'll definitely have to watch that. Um, but like other movies that were around that time, like Glory. I remember liking Glory a lot. Um, the Lincoln movie, the um, Good and Bad and the Ugly is also kind of a Civil War movie. So. It takes place around that time. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I don't believe that I have. Okay. Um, no, I have not. But yeah, I love watching war movies. Uh, like one of my favorites is uh, We Were Soldiers. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I have not. That one's Vietnam War. Okay. But yeah. Sam Elliott's in that one too. <laughs> he is. I love his character in that movie too. He, uh, Maybe we'll do that someday. I'll save that okay. for that. But yeah, I know uh, 
gods and generals is definitely something we're looking to take time to watch. Uh, is there anything else that's on your radar around those movies? Uh, I don't think so. Um, the ones that you, you mentioned that I have not seen, I'm interested in. So we can, we can definitely hit those up as well. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess, uh, that kind of brings us to the portion where we rate the movies. So let's see what you rated it, Joe. Yeah. So I, I give this one a four out of five. Um, yeah, again, uh, the cinematography of it's fantastic. The acting is fantastic. Mm -hmm. The music uh to what that other guy kind of mentioned took me out of some of the scenes just because of how like happy the cadence was i'm right. sure it's probably some of it's probably historic to the time like the music of the time uh but it just uh, it didn't fit right it almost i don't know it felt it just felt weird felt awkward um and then i would have liked to have seen a little bit more uh, gore but I, I understand with this being pg they can't really go that far uh yeah i'm gonna land with land on a four here thanks yeah, I mean, everything that I kind of uh, praised about this movie, and I honestly feel like the way they represented it, and, like, even... I, one thing I forgot to mention is, like, they actually highlighted the fact that, like, this is a civil war. You had people on both sides that actually know each other personally and, like, were friends and family fighting each other, which, in my... It's crazy. Right. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Like, I can't imagine some of the, like the individual stories that people have to tell from that war. Yeah. About well, I mean, coming across that family or friend member, you know? Right. I mean, if you think about it, Ned, sure. It's, it's putting it to, um, to uh, a medium that you can watch and, and kind of, you know, understand, but uh, with how polarized things are today in America. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some like key things that you don't agree with your parents on or oh, close family tons, or tons. You know what I mean? And, and if it came to, to like the union is splitting again, uh, there's a good chance that would happen. You know, it's not, not, I'm not, and I'm not saying like, I want any of this to happen. I'm just saying like, it's, it, it's, it would not be that far-fetched for neighbors to be an opposing side, family to be an opposing sides. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, <clears throat> I, I, I feel like, though, with the Civil War reenactment of, of Gettysburg here, the, the film Gettysburg, uh, I have hope that there's still that human aspect of it, though. You know, like they have and they've shown in here that uh, people don't want to be doing this, but they, they feel like they have to kind of thing. Yeah. Do you know where I'm going with that? Yeah. Um, I understand them. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted your scoring. No, no, that's fine. Um, I kind of broke into another segment anyway. So yeah, I, I, I gave this one a, uh, 3.5 out of five. Uh, it's definitely okay. one that I would love to have seen more accuracy as far as the blood and gore but you know for what this was it's a lot of great speeches uh there are some lulls in here as it kind of makes a transition but i think they're all kind of necessary lulls um but yeah i, I did enjoy it a lot good 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 yeah so i guess with that uh we also you know come up with our next recommendation which uh we are approaching the month of october which is uh, associated with halloween spooky, as in. So spooky season ed let's uh 
let's watch something scary for the, the next two episodes, shall we? Oh, my favorite genre, spookiness. Can't wait. Yeah, so the recommendation I have for you uh, for the first episode of the scary season is Poltergeist. All right. I I know nothing about this, so uh, I am uh, interested. Uh, not sure how I'm going to feel, but uh, yeah, I'll give it a watch. Uh, may uh, cause myself some panic attacks, but I'll get through it and we'll review it. I overall feel you'll be fine. Like it's it's got a lot of scary moments, but I don't remember them being too bad. I want to say it's PG-13. It's been a minute. Okay, I can do this. I can do this and let's start amping myself up now. I can do No, this. it's actually PG. Oh my god, I can do it. Yeah. It'll be fine. Um, so I, I think you'll like it. And you can make it through without, you know, losing your shit. Well, you know, uh, listeners, uh check in next week or next week, uh next episode and uh and see if I indeed made it through and, and if I liked it. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. Be sure to check us out on Threads and Facebook at To The Movies Pod. And thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for dragging me to that movie, Ned. Uh, no problem, sir. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>